um, I'm, I have four great adult children. Awesome, awesome, awesome. It's definitely an He did run for Senate two years ago, what? Two years ago. Two years ago. So he was- Let's talk about the founding of the Distinguished Gentleman's Club. Absolutely. So uh, about eight years um, ago. Since you're a mother, so how, many, how many children? I have five children. Okay. Saying that I was there African American, and they got this from our president. You know, they were told. Uh, so what were you doing with your job? The first or the second time? <laughs> the first time. So I was like, I was in and out. <laughs> Good. Awesome, awesome. So let's. So that, that really is a great place to transition. And who is sitting across from me or beside me is never going to sway that. Listen, man. One, I'm not going to cry on this episode. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I made it. I made it through all of these episodes. I think I've cried once. Congress, what are what are the things that you're most proud of accomplishing? You know, as a congressman and as whip. We'll talk with Rajon. Yo, 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 yo! Welcome back. It is me, your host, Rajon Lewis. Thank y'all so much for joining me. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with me, and I appreciate that. My name is Rajon Lewis, and here on Real Talk Rajon, everything's debatable. So on any given week, we could be discussing anything from sports to music to politics. You name it, we'll discuss it. Now, for those who are new to Real Talk Rajon, Real Talk Rajon has a goal of shining a light on the great things and the great people that are right here in the low country doing amazing work. And today we have a very, very special guest, and she goes by the name of Miss Jasmine McCray of the Repeal the Heritage Act organization. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. All right, all right, all right. So please introduce yourself to the audience. Yeah, uh, my name is Jasmine McCray. Uh, I'm a graduate student here at the University of South Carolina. Um, and I'm also the vice president of an organization called Repeal the Heritage Act. All right. So, um, all right. So what got you into the work of, of you know, um, working with Repeal the Heritage Act? So it started with um, actually just being a student on my very own campus and learning about um, statues and building names that were protected by a state law um, that left it unable, my university unable to rename or change anything on their public campus without the approval of two thirds of a legislature. Mm. Um, and it started with me actually looking at a building called J. Marion Sims at our women's quad, uh, which is titled after a man who is a so-called scientist and father of gynecology who actually experimented on black enslaved women um, mm. without any anesthesia and really without any mercy. Mm. And I found it cruel and quite inhumane for USC to have a building, a women's building, named after a man who did so much harm to women. Wow. And then I found out on top of that, um, Honoree Monteith, who was one of the first black women to integrate our university in 1963, had to stay at J. Marion Sims, which added a subtle twist in the like twist of the knife yeah. in a way yeah. like just how cruel white supremacy really can be in nature and making a building named after a man who has done so much harm to people of color not just to women as well but to enslaved black children mm -hmm. um and then having the gall to name 
a women's building after him, and then the further audacity to uh, penalize a black woman's experience at our university, which will already be tumultuous enough, at a building named after a man who would have done harm to her in a different age. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Finding out there was legislation that prevented my university from doing anything about it angered me enough to want to find ways to start that process. So I started with just writing letters and talking to professors and thought that really it was useless and wasn't going to get anywhere with just little old me. Mm -hmm. Then we see the spark of racial reckoning in, in the summer and really this ig ignited flame, I think, under not just people of color and the black community in South Carolina, but under um, people of power. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. who is a mainly white dominant, dominant group in South Carolina, start to awaken and see this racism in a new form mm. and understand that white supremacy is all around us um, in our physical surroundings. So I took advantage of that and started to talk to people. Oh. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I'm sorry. So I took advantage of that and started to talk to people about how we could actually get this ball rolling and how we could actually start to repeal this this law. Mm -hmm. um, and here we are now with close to 2,000 followers online and tens of thousands of signatures on our petitions to get this act repealed. And we have close to enough of our legislators to agree to this repeal to actually make it happen. Wow. Wow. That's wow. <laughs> I, I just want to start yeah. off by saying, like, how old are you? If you don't, I'm you don't have to our age, but you're 25. <laughs> I'm 25. You're young enough, but it's still okay. All right. Yes. <laughs> so, so, first of all, thank you. Thank you for taking up this cause, which some people may say is not your own. You know, um, being so young. Um, so I want to thank you for recognizing that. I, I want to talk. A little, I want to go. A little, I want to go a back a little further. Um, your upbringing, because you don't. People don't just wake up that. You know, what what was it? You know, um, in your in your upbringing that that made those things stick out to you. You know, I think being biracial. Um, allows me. I always say to take on a kind of disguise in that I have a duplicity in my mm -hmm. nature that yeah. I can conceal parts of myself and code switch just like the best of them. Yeah. Yeah. And um, assimilate into places, not just for safety, but for conformity um, for my own purposes. Um, and it took a while of learning that 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 was a privilege in and of itself that I can do that, that I can yeah. hide in my black skin, uh, in, in this kind of skin, yeah. that my sisters and my father do not have this privilege of, mm. of not passing or not appearing as, uh, as, as, you know, as other. Um, for me, I learned that that was a weapon yeah. Um, and I could use it for my own benefit, but really for the benefit of others and being a megaphone for issues that I saw in my community that 
had been long talked about, but had been largely ignored by people yeah. in power. There's a reason it's myself talking about repeal the Heritage Act and yeah. unfortunately and not a black woman because black women and black men have been ignored when talked talking mm. about removing legislation and removing pillars of supremacy and racism in our state. This yeah. is not the first time someone has picked up the mantle and led the way for this to be repealed. Mm. But unfortunately, I'm this is the power that I have in my skin yeah. and I'm going mm -hmm. to try and use it to the best of my ability. Now, when it, when it awoke in me, I, I couldn't even really say because I think there's been instances just throughout my life where I realized I was other mm. um, and realized also that although I was other, <laughs> I had benefits in society that my father did not have. For yeah. instance, I saw an, in, uh, a glimpse into the brutality of police violence in New mm -hmm. York City mm -hmm. with my own father um, being stopped and frisked in front of me, wow. um, thinking he had taken me, a white appearing child, and kidnapped me. Wow. And that was not only traumatizing, that was a radicalizing experience now when I look at it, mm -hmm. because I realized like that was policy that was put into place yeah. to be overbearing and be a punishing authority onto black bodies. Yeah. Just like the Heritage Act is, and just yeah. like these statues are, literal symbols of supremacy and the white gaze looking onto you and asserting its dominance onto the whole public landscape. Mm. Wow, yes, so well said. As you can tell, <laughs> she's a grad student. So let's talk about that because <laughs> the, way, the way you speak is obvious. It's obvious that you, you, you're very highly educated, um, not like, you know, like you're so articulate, but no, like you, you really <laughs> do um, express these things in a very specific and targeted way. Um, so so I know that your, your, your undergrad, so your undergrad was in, what secondary education, correct? We talked before. Yeah, it was in secondary ed and history, actually. So I studied a lot of African American history and I focused in my senior and junior year on South Carolina history and civil mm -hmm. rights history, which is really my bread and butter and what I love talking about, what I love teaching the most and learning the most about. Um, but also, is the era where we start to see these statues creep up into our spaces, especially here in South Carolina. Reconstruction, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we, we start to see it. Uh, we start to see these statues put up in the fifties and sixties, right when black people are gaining the right to vote or feeling like they have the semblance of power to go and march in the streets, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, how dare you do this? Let's put up a statue of Calhoun to over the city of Charleston to remind you, we are always watching you. We're always watching. And so, Let's so, position them near places where you usually worship, yeah. where you vote to remind you that no matter what, you are not safe. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's talk about you know one of the main pieces that people always talk about when we talk about the the Heritage Act. Can um, the you Confederate say that flag. One more time for me. I'm sorry, you went out. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? Do it one more time. 
Can you hear me now? There we go. <laughs> All right, good. Sorry. So let's talk about one big piece that people always seem to talk about when we talk about, you know, the Heritage Act, the Confederate flag. Um, yeah. Some people are under the understanding that the Confederate flag has always flown over the state of South Carolina. Can you talk about um, the circumstances surrounding which the Confederate flag was placed on our state capitals and why did it stay? So I really... Um... I think I'm out of my depth in saying why it was put up. Mm -hmm. um, I could tell you that no matter what a symbol of Confederacy being put up goes back to the root of this complete myth of a lost cause and um, really an assertion of supremacy back onto the South and yeah. just the, the United States as a whole. Um, when it comes to symbols like the flag or, um, uh, well, especially just the, the flag, we all yeah. recognize it. If you are from South Carolina, you know it all too well. You've yeah. probably seen it in parking lots at your own school. Um, it, it is a symbol of, um, unfortunately, of heritage to so many. They see mm -hmm. this as a symbol of heritage when really it's not. It's hiding it's hiding in racism mm -hmm. and it's hiding into this, this false narrative that these men died valiantly for a cause that was true to American ideals. Right. right. When really they were traitors. <laughs> they were going against America as a country. They had written, an entirely different document against the Constitution. Mm -hmm. And for anyone who says that the Confederacy was not about slavery is lying to themselves or severely misinformed. Mm. Because if you look at our state's own secession papers, our state who started it all, mm -hmm. we explicitly state that our right to enslave is being infringed upon. And that is why we are declaring secession, mm -hmm. which caused a full pattern of all the other states. So when we, <laughs> when we talk about the Confederacy and why we might want to put a symbol of it up, it's miseducation. Yeah. But it's also, I, and I think sometimes unintentional because so many of us really have been failed by this education system. Mm -hmm. and lied to our whole lives about the abilities of the black, uh, a black citizen in South Carolina and in America yeah. and the, the devastation and cruelty of enslavement and, yeah. and the Confederacy and everything that happened afterwards. Right, right. We've lied to ourselves and to our children yeah. to where it's okay to put these symbols up. Right. Right. So, so they took it down in 2000, but mm -hmm. that was a, a complete compromise because they created the Heritage Act to, to be able to take the Confederate flag down. Right. Right. Correct. So and I, and I asked that question because I, I wasn't sure if you knew the answer, but I want to make sure I do talk about that one thing. So the Confederate flag was put back. The Confederate flag flew was, was flown in, eight, in 1962 to commemorate, commemorate the 100-year anniversary of the Confederacy. It was yep. only supposed to stay up for a year. Yep. But they just never took it down <laughs> until the year 2000. Why would they? <laughs> right. But like you said, concurrently, what's going on in 1962 when that's happening? Oh, 
the upstart of the civil rights movement. And it just stayed up there as a symbol. And that's mm-hmm. that's why, you know, it's important that people always understand the um the the origins of why these things are happening. When you talk about those, you know, those um, excuse me, when you start talking about um when you talk about things like those statues that went up, like the John C. Calhoun statue, which which came down this year, that statue was put up. Um Right after Reconstruction, when when uh the when when the states were um, asserting their dominance over over black people, when when they decided, okay, we're going to start taking some power back, and that that was definitely um that's when you start seeing the rise of the KKK. The um, movie Birth of the Nation um is played on the White House grounds. You start seeing things like this happen. I, I'm a history nut too, so so trust me, I, I can do this. I love this. It's great. Uh, <laughs> it, it's really important that people understand though that one, the Confederate flag did not always fly over the state capitol. Two. Um, these statues that were put up were put up in times where uh, white supremacists were trying to assert their dominance over non-white people in our country, saying this is our country, which is why you hear people say things like you will not replace us or, um, you know, you know, the other s- slogans that go around. Um, but also, um, sorry. And also um, the 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 uh, why the Confederate flag went up and why it was so important that something be said in regards to those things now back to the heritage act so what does so just for because some people may have just jumped on what does the heritage act say about these statues and about these flags that are up um that people may disagree with so it explicitly protects the um monuments of the confederacy and segregation period um requiring that if a mill to the city of charleston if they would want to make any changes to a public building name, public monument, or public statue, it has to be approved by two thirds of our state house, mm. which is an absolute governmental overreach, <laughs> which was approved by a, a you know majority Republican legislature, mm-hmm. which is outrageous in and of itself because Republicans at the root of it are about local control and self-governance. Yeah. yeah. So communities have now been stripped of their autonomy and their decision-making power as to what is appropriate in their spaces. So I'm from Fort Mill, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a monument that is it's despicable and it's, okay. it's called the faithful slave and wow. it honors the false tale of loyal slaves, loyal enslaved persons. I'm sorry, who um, stayed by the side of white women and white families while their men fought valiantly in the Confederate war. Um, absolutely a lie and in an increasingly diverse town an increasingly diverse state it represents a false narrative that was literally pushed on by white citizens put up in the 60s by the daughter i believe the daughters of the confederacy of course of course they showed up who fund almost all of these statues really (laughs) across not just our state but Mm -hmm. all over the place um all over the south yeah so my town has done had done many protests about this monument 
I'm sorry if you hear my doggy. Oh, no, barking. your dog is fine. Your dog is welcome <laughs> on Real Talk Rajan. We're okay. animal friends. <laughs> okay. Um, so my town has done a lot of protesting and a lot of petition signing to remove this monument. But again, this, this piece of legislation, this flimsily written piece of legislation is preventing them from being able to actually remove it and not destroy it. Like, I'm, I'm not saying let's just burn, like take them all down and knock them down into rubble. Maybe like personally, I would want to do that. But as a professional, as someone who knows that local entities should have the power to do whatever they want with these statues, we have the, the museums created to put these in. We have mm -hmm. the ability to move them into spaces that are appropriate, that are not in the public eye, where yeah. you, you are subjected to seeing them no matter what. Like, yeah. I should yeah. be able to go to my state house or my hometown and enjoy my public park or my public grounds and not have statues that commemorate oppressive moments in our history and really, truly violent people. Yeah. So this, so what, what kind of support do you, do you guys have in the legislature to get this, this bill removed? Cause um, I want to go to one of the comments. Um, Elvin Spates, thank you for watching, sir. Says, how do you get Republicans on board? The Democrats have presented this bill before and never gets any Republican support. So what kind of support does this bill have um, in, in, in the legislature? So we have 61 um, out of the 88 votes that are needed to actually enact the repeal and have the majority of the state house. And believe it or not, we actually have some Republicans who are on board, past Republicans and present ones that are in mm. our current state house. Um, as you know, and I'm sure as everyone uh, that is watching knows, we took quite a beating um, in our state house after the election and lost several key seats, uh, not just for repeal, but just for the Democratic agenda in general. Mm -hmm. um, but for winning over Republicans into this cause, I love to beat on the drum of local autonomy. I know that racism is unfortunately like such a trigger word to people on the right to where the second you want to talk about real issues, they may want to just turn off completely. Well, one real issue is still the fact that communities want to make progress in their own right. Mm -hmm. And why is it that representatives from Horry County have anything to say about what Greenville wants to do mm. and on the public school level? Or why should York County representatives have a say in the name change of four Lee County public schools? Like that's something that's actually happening right now where we have a county who's disregarding this Heritage Act mm -hmm. and going to name these schools anyway. Um, it's governmental overreach by far and a waste of our taxpayer money. Like there should be no reason that the state house even listens to this kind of case where USC uh, commits to the renaming of sins or mm. Clemson renames Calhoun. Yeah, we have yeah. way bigger fish to fry in our state house 
than dealing with small, really small instances of monuments or building changes. Like communities should be able to make up those decisions. Mm -hmm. let, the, let the big guys in the big house actually worry on the other issues. We have COVID going on. We have policing issues. We have teacher strikes. The last thing that they have to be dealing with is really this flimsy, unconstitutional legislation, mm. which was called unconstitutional by a Republican attorney general mm. um, and our governor's own attorney general, mind you, um, to where this is a waste of our time. The okay. lawsuit is a waste of our time. So, so, so the suggestion of repeal the Heritage Act is that it just not be a state level decision, and that it be be able to handle be handled by local legislatures. Not, exactly. And that's what the repeal the um, Heritage Act does is it pulls it up to the state level, and y'all don't want it at a state level. You want it at a local level. So the, the repeal the Heritage Act does not. They're not saying take all the statues down. Exactly. They're I'm not saying, saying let take all individual, the statues down. Let the communities yeah. actually make the decision for if they do want that kind of progress. Yeah. Yeah. Say for instance, like the town of Edgefield, hometown of Strom Thurmond. Um, Shout out to Strom Thurmond, right? They, <laughs> they, <laughs> they don't, I'm sure they don't wanna change Strom Thurmond High School, Strom Thurmond Highway, Strom Thurmond Supermarket and everything else I'm sure they've got named after him. But why should they have any say in if USC wants to change Strom Thurmond Wellness Fitness Center? Right. You know, like yeah. these things are not on the same level. These things are different entities and and just don't they just should not be protected by this this law. I want to pause right there because I just saw a comment come through. Thank you, Ms. Uh, Sandy Tecklenburg. Thank you so much for watching and thank you for always supporting. Um, she's the wife of Mayor uh, uh, John Tecklenburg. I don't know how I forgot, I forgot his name. Mayor John Tecklenburg of Charleston, South Carolina, What's who up, just took down, who just voted. You know, the um, council voted to take down the um, the uh, John C. Calhoun statue, um, which 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 was in Marion Square, which they had the ability to do because it wasn't on public property. I believe exactly. that's what, it, that's what that it was. was the catch. That's was the catch. <laughs> uh, and the mayor's watching. Also, thank you so much for watching, Mayor Tecklenburg. I still got to get that interview. Oh my gosh! Hi. But, um, yeah. So so um, I wanted to to use Call that me. as an example. Of yes, please. Uh, I'll, I'll connect y'all. Um, I want to use that as an example of you know what can happen when uh, individual municipalities have the opportunity to make the decision for themselves. Because the the school, the um, county board, the city board board also could have said, city council could also have said, this is not something we want to do, and kept the statue up. That would have been completely the decision of the city and repeal the exactly. Heritage Act. My understanding is that's what they're saying is each city should be able to decide. So I want to thank you for clearing that up for me. Um, I want you to talk a little bit about the things that you're doing um, in addition to the repeal of the Heritage Act, because you also have some, some roles inside your, um, your, your city um, that, you, that you're working on as well. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm uh, working on the Commission for the Future of Columbia, um, which is a role I'm really excited about. I'm still in its beginning phases um, as we start this a new endeavor, um, but my first uh, phase is with a work group for equity and inclusion in our city, which are, of course, two buzzwords I'm sure we've all been hearing quite a bit about, um, but that our city and my mayor, Mayor Benjamin, has really committed to in words and in action. Um, so we've created a survey um, that we are now distributing to residents and hopefully getting 
tons of feedback back about the current state of our community, how safe you feel, how accessible our community really is for its residents, um, mm -hmm. and really intentionally reaching out to communities who have been marginalized and disregarded in policy and in just attitude in our city and, and in South Carolina. Um, so that's the first phase really of what I'm doing with over there at the commission and hopefully keep, uh, keep on tuning in and seeing where I go with that because yeah. it's not just myself, but so many people who are so committed to bettering this city and really making it one where we do have this strong identity for the young generations that come into the city and really have so much promise to give. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, I go to school. <laughs> and what's your what's your what's your major in for um, grad school? Um, so my master's will be in secondary education. Um, I will hopefully then just be going on to a PhD later on in life. Um, I want to write educational policy and reform our entire state's education system because wow. it's, it's got to go. <laughs> I, I love it. And I, I love the fact that you're a, an educator who's this active, um, especially at a time where, you know, we talk about teacher shortages, um, that we had the teacher strike, I think it was last, was the teacher strike last year or the year before? Um, Last year, and um, we currently have uh, small-scale strikes happening in my area regarding yeah. uh, in-person classes and the rejection of going hybrid and um, yeah. what that looks like. Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I, I have, um, I've, I've gotten like getting to know you in this little bit of time that we've we've been able to like. There's a lot of a lot of. Uh, like connectivities between us with like in, t in regards of, you know, being a teacher, being in the work, um, you know, serving the larger community in ways that we do. Um, I, I want to talk to you a little bit because we still got time and I want to make sure that I, I get to this as well. Um, what have you, how, how have you been dealing with um, life in the classroom after, after COVID? Well, oh. during COVID, we're not after COVID yet. <laughs> um, I've been managing. So as someone who is still like really a beginner, I think right now, this is really a, making me appreciate the profession in a way that like a regular intern experience may not have. Mm. Um, teaching hybrid is so difficult. Yeah. Um, you're truly teaching two classes at once. Um, I have felt exhausted on days and really questioned like my ability as a teacher and like my ability to actually like serve my students yeah. well thought lessons and be enthusiastic and be excited to talk about economics or history when I'm beaten down or like have just been served like awful news about our elections mm -hmm. and um, then have to come back in the next day and teach, you know, these things like beat me down. Yeah, another teacher. <laughs> yeah, we, we have, we're very deep in teachers. We have a lot of teachers and education <laughs> professionals who watch the show. So I, and I just think it's so important for students to see like teachers are so much more than just your teacher like i'm your advocate in and outside of the classroom and mm. for me that means i'm advocating to remove structures that like really block my students from their potential yeah 
Yeah. Um, so when you're teaching hybrid, um, how do you manage that time where, you know, where you do have, like, how do you manage even like differentiation, for example, uh, when you have, you know, two sets of students, like one on the virtual one in the classroom, is there a way to manage differentiation that is effective or do you just like wing it and do the best you can? I really just do the best I can. Um, perks of having awesome coaching teachers who are by your side, um, they really have, they know what's best for their students in ways that I really don't. Mm -hmm. um, and that ways that I'm really getting used to still. Um, I was at a point where I was looking at a webcam, looking at students, looking at a smart board and teaching, you know, three different audiences really and being observed for a grade wow. <laughs> and um, the intimidation of being the best for your students. Um, really, I, I just gave up on that in a way because I said like students deserve to see you struggling too mm. and see you as a human, yeah. like your authority does not come from you doing everything perfect. Yeah. Or come from you knowing every single thing. Like I am not one to um, shy away from saying I don't know the answer yeah. because I will always go and like seek out the answer yeah. <laughs> and then come back and tell you. Um, but really like once I gave up on being perfect and once I actually just said, guys, the tech is just beating me down today. Like right, right. we're going to do an easy activity and just like get through the day together. Right. I mean, students understand that and they need that too. Yeah. As much as I need grace as, as much as teachers need a moment to pause our students do too, especially when they're teenagers and really like taking in so much of our world's anxieties. Mm -hmm and feel helpless. Like so many of them feel like they do not have a say or mm. any ability to change things. And that's what half of this work really is, is like showing them like, yeah, 20, 22, 23, 24, 25. You can get this degree, you can go and like do something with it that you didn't think you'd even do at yeah. <laughs> in yeah. your freshman year at all. Yeah, And do change that directly helps your community. Cause I've like <laughs> been the student that does not see the use in learning or yeah. does not see the use in like trying in school. Yeah. And now I'm the teacher that will always want you to try because I want you to know that you can actually do something outside of this classroom that's useful and purposeful. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. And I want, uh, as, a, as a teacher, well, a former teacher, I, I actually left the classroom in June of 2019. But as a former teacher, I can tell you that you're absolutely right, that students um, do take value in seeing that their teacher is real and that their teacher does go through things. Because, I mean, I've seen people come through and try to, like, smile their way through the day and end up in the bathroom, like, in, like, balled up in tears. So yeah. the, the being willing to, you know, being willing to show your students that, hey, yeah, I, I'm going through this too. I'm, I, you're not alone. I'm, I'm also struggling. I'm also having problems with this COVID stuff. It's not easy for me either. They sort of, they sort of get it. You know, they, they get it because you get to build those relationships. I want to ask you this though, because this is an important question. You're 25. <laughs> yeah. And you teach high school. 
Yes. How do you manage the respect piece there? Because I can imagine students thinking, oh, she's sort of my age. So we're, you know, so where's, 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 where's like, and I, you know, how do you manage that? You know, the very first day of student teaching last year, someone thought I was a student um, themselves. And <laughs> as mortified as I was in that moment, I always remember like, this is the face that I've been gifted with yeah, truly yeah. like this youthful look. Yeah. Um, and being able to kind of pass as much younger than 25, which helps in some aspects and but usually not. <laughs> right. Um, especially in the front of a classroom. Especially <laughs> when you're trying to teach and like say, I have all these degrees and yeah. I know everything else. Yeah, and um, it's about my, my teacher voice um, that I have mastered in this lovely COVID year and being able to demand their attention in other ways um not just with like hey listen up but like being physically present with them yeah understanding them um getting to know them as people i think also lets them get to know me like for me i like to wear cool shoes with my students so uh, they can <laughs> so they can see like see miss mccray you know I know a little bit about what's going on. I know yeah. those TikTok dances that you're doing. I'm, I'm on TikTok too. Like, yeah. And having that relatability doesn't, it never still, it never crosses the line of authority and, yeah. and friendship. Like yeah. they still call me Miss McCray. They Good. still are asking me questions at the end of the lesson yeah. or raising their hand. Yeah. I have, been lucky in that I've never had to do classroom management issue, like any, any issues or any discipline because I've been able to show students like we're here to learn. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But like, we're going to have fun doing it. I'm going to, I'm going to be cool about it. But if you do all of a sudden, like, not come correct, like, I, I'm not afraid to turn the teacher voice on and really, like, up the game a minute. I love that. To make sure that you know, like, you need to chill. <laughs> I love that. I love that. We got, we got some teacher tips from Dustin Rhodes. He said, uh, my favorite <laughs> phrase is, don't test my gangster. So I, you, you can know, tell I'm actually going to take that. You can use that. You can use that. Now, he, he also gives another suggestion, but I don't suggest this one for you. He says he tells the students they can meet in the parking lot and square up if they have an issue. Uh, you can catch <laughs> these hands. Don't tell your students you can catch these hands. Don't do some that. Some of D these students, I mean, I'm five ten, but some of them, I don't know what they're on, but they're like six foot five. Yeah, I do not want yeah. to. Well, see, Dustin's up. a Dustin's an MMA fighter. Like literally, oh. he trains in Brazilian <laughs> jiu-jitsu. So he got, he, you know, he, he got, he, he sort of can, can do that, but I, I still wouldn't suggest that. And he's in Baltimore. So it's a whole nother. Um, oh, see, so thing. he's got a flight he'd have to touch, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, nah, I, 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 no, I don't want to bring him out and I have to rescue from him from that one. But for sure, like, I, I want to, you know, one, congratulate you on that, you know, being 25 and to be so um, inspirational and aspirational to so many people working with the repeal of the Heritage Act, you know, being a teacher in the classroom while also working on your grad degree. Like, what do you do for fun? Um, <laughs> you know, I was just thinking to myself, like, 
I have not taken a break since 2020 started. Um, so for fun, I like to play video games if I have Ooh, time. Okay. All right. All right. I, I, I'm, I'm not a gamer by any means. What do you play? What do you play? I, I play Animal Crossing. Oh, that's not a video game. <laughs> that's a video game. Uh, I love has- playing Animal Crossing and like micromanaging and like having my own island and <laughs> doing all of that. <laughs> but I also love um, Super Smash Brothers and um, what's the other one? Oh, Mario Kart. I love going online and like. <laughs> being beaten down by people from different countries <laughs> and just being completely humbled in my ability to play any video games. I love playing with that's- my dogs. Um, that's really like my hobby, but I, I haven't stopped working to where I've okay. been like able to like properly answer that. And okay. thankfully I-, I have this winter break, like that starts mm-hmm. tomorrow where I'll be twiddling my thumbs wondering what to do like yes. for the next three and a half weeks. So, yes. so I'll figure I, something out. Can I, can I give you a, a, a small piece of advice? Yes. Take time for yourself. I know. I, like, I need like, to always yes. remind myself yes. to like. You're 25. Myself. Yeah. You're 25. Be 25. Yes. Because one day you're yeah. going to wake up and you're going to be like, oh, dip. I'm 39. What have I done for me? Right? So take that time, you know, like do the work, be inspirational, be aspiration, aspirational, you know, change the world, but also make sure that you're making time for Jasmine so that Jasmine can still, you know, enjoy this thing called life because all work and no play will make you very frustrated with the world. So even if it's just playing your animal farm game, animal crossing game, not animal farm, sorry, animal crossing game and, (laughs) playing with your dogs like do it man like enjoy it enjoy being young you're only young once once you're not young anymore you're not young anymore i'm 38 now i'll be 39 next week and like i'll never be 25 again so you know just please make sure that you are you know taking taking time for yourself do spa days like yeah self-care. i do a little bit of that yeah self-care that. self-care <laughs> self-care self-care all right, that's all. that's my only advice for you because you are inspiring me and you're encouraging me and you know i'm gonna <laughs> Make sure my daughters watch this video as well, because I'm sure they'll be inspired by you as well. Um, let's go back to the, the Heritage Act as we close, because I don't want to. I, I want to make sure we end on that. Um, if people want to support the Heritage Act, um, the, not support the Heritage Act, repeal the Heritage Act, or support repeal the Heritage Act, how can they get more information from you guys? So you can first follow us on social media, and we're at Repeal for SC on Twitter and at Repeal the Heritage Act on Instagram and Facebook. Um, So that's always what I first say, because we post um, any newsworthy headlines or anything, um, new updates and stuff like that, right away on our social media, especially for our Instagram. Um, Next, you could also go and sign our petitions, um, as well as other community petitions that are across our state from Anderson and Greenville to Fort Mill to USC and Charleston. Um, You can go to repealtheheritageact.org and click sign all, and like there's a little tab and actually sign petitions. Um, There actually on our website is a legislator contact toolkit where you can actually get into um, 
our database that shows you what legislators are currently supporting or currently not supporting the work of, of the repeal and contact the ones that are in your area so that you are able to um, have a the language that you need to actually tell them that you want this Heritage Act removed and also b have the most up-to-date info for contacting them so you can call them email them write them a letter or all above awesome, um, awesome and then next is telling a friend about it and looking into your own history stop ignoring statues on mm. your park spaces and thinking that they're about good people because i thought that j marion sims was a about a incredible woman who was honored with this awesome building and it turns out it was a man who did incredible harm to black bodies for decades yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it's our responsibility to be knowledgeable and be informed on what is in our spaces and what is in our communities. And if it's not something that you believe aligns with your values or with your city's values or your school's values, like holding the people in accountable to remove that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, where does Jasmine McCray see herself in 10 years? Ooh, uh, <laughs> in 10 years, I'll be 35. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, I never really have thought about like the future in that way to like get kind of deep for a moment. I have, um, always had depression. Um, since I was quite young, like 15, is when I really can pinpoint when just something inside of me changed um, to where I just, I, it's been tough for me to think that long ahead for so long that now in the last couple of years of my life, I've overcome these mental struggles and have been able to really like take my mental health in my own hands and take care of myself, but I forget like to start planning ahead, if that makes sense. So I always yeah. am like, yeah, I want to get my PhD. Yeah. Like, and that, that is something I see myself doing and but in 10 years, I see myself mm. like, like making strides in our education system and making yeah. it an equitable system and like still see myself teaching and still see yeah. myself organizing yeah. and protesting some other kind of legislation because the heritage act been repealed in 10 years like right. that that right. bridge has been crossed <laughs> right um so but i couldn't tell you like all the other details not i think i think i think that's i think that's a, a lot i think that's that's yeah. good um I, another tidbit, small, set, set some, set some, set some, just throw some goals out there. Like think to yourself if, if in, in like, you know, in a perfect world, these things happen and you'll be, you'll be amazed by just by writing those things down, how much closer you will be to the, like, like throw out, like if, if let's say pie in the sky, you said, if everything goes perfect for me, I'll be the president of the United States in 25 years, put it out there. Yeah. Because who knows, you know, who knows, like anything's possible. And I also want to speak to 
the, the depression piece that you spoke about. Because I want to thank one, thank you for being open and honest about that because um, I just lost you. You can't hear me. I just lost you. All right, hold on one second. Hey y'all, please make sure you're off the internet. Can you hear me? You can't hear me? There we go. All right. Sorry, hold on one second. All right, yeah. So um, so I wanted to say, first of all, thank you. You can't hear me. You can't hear me. <laughs> sorry. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. Can you hear me? There we go. You can hear me. Okay, cool. So I wanted to thank you for being. Oh, love, you going in and out again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, one second. One second. I'm sorry, y'all. It's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all, for watching. Thank y'all for sticking with me. I don't know what's going on te technically right now. If you can't hear me, I can hear me. Let's do this. One second. Um, me now? Yes. You can hear me now. All right. Yes. Maybe it's All right. Cool. So what I was going to say was um, that first of all, I wanted to thank you for being, you know, open about, you know, your struggles with depression, because, you know, especially now, you know, in the black community, we're trying to open our minds to talking about mental health more openly and more willingly without, you know, the, the, without the, uh, the, the bad feelings that come with, you know, seeking therapy and things of that nature. I want to thank you so much for being willing to do that. Um, it's, it's not, it's not easy. But I do want to tell you this, that, you know, I don't know how religious you are. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a spiritual person. I go to church and everything. But the devil knows, you know, who to attack um, because he knows who has the most power. And when you when you have power, you tend to get more attacks than people who don't. All right. And, and you at 25 are a very, very, very powerful young lady. I can see it. I can see it on you. I can feel it in your speech. I can feel it in your just your, your aura. So I want to encourage you to continue to embrace the greatness that is within you because you are going to do some great things. In 10 years, I will be shocked, shocked if I don't see your name on somebody's ballot somewhere. So I'm <laughs> looking you. for it. I'm looking for it. I'm looking for to, to hear great things from you. And if you ever need a word of encouragement, you ever need you know that extra pump up, um, reach out to me and I'm, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm here for you. And please stay in touch with the show no matter what's going on. Um, let me know what's going on. Let's stay up to date and let's find out what's going on with Jasmine McCray, who, who yes. was, which will soon be Dr. Jasmine McCray once you finish your PhD. Yes, one day. <laughs> but maybe, you know, superintendents out there for you, I think. I think, you know, elected, elected offices are there for you. I think governor is not out the realm of possibility. I can see a lot of things. Being, I can see a lot of things, just being honest. And I don't, and then people who watch my show can tell you, I don't gas people up. Like, I, I, I really do see it and I feel it in just your energy. So I want to thank you for that. Um, so yeah, thank you for sharing thank that. You. Um, anything that you want to say before we close? Really, um, we're big history nerds. So just look into your your local public history and get the ball rolling for repealing the Heritage Act work in your own community because yeah. this is about every town having uh, the possibility to make a better more inclusive space for all of them. Um, from North Augusta's Meriwether Monument, which appreciates a bogus claim of white heroism to Strom Thurmond on USC's campus, um, 
overshadowing the legacy of black uh, communities in Colombia. Um, we all, I think, have a part, white, black, brown, indigenous, Asian, um, Hispanic. If you are in Colombia, if you are in Charleston, if you are in Greenville or any small town in between, we have a responsibility to hold our politicians accountable, but also hold ourselves accountable and ask ourselves, are these symbols of hate acceptable as I walk through these spaces? Do I want these symbols and pillars of racism and supremacy and oppression to continue to exist in my lifetime, in my grandchild's lifetime? Because the answer is most likely no. The answer to most likely half of the statues you see are going to make you sick and yeah. going to make you want to physically remove them. <laughs> mm. Yeah. and make you want to call someone and tell them to act. Yes. But that yeah. first takes you taking that first step and being informed. Absolutely. So act on your own knowledge. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being on today. Tonight, it's, it's been really great um, getting to know you and speak to you and uh, find out more about the work that you're doing with the Repeal the Heritage Act. Um, again, let's give that website out. Um, www.repealtheheritageact.org. Yes, dot .org. Repealtheheritageact.org. You can also catch us on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you'll also find me there as well. <laughs> All right. If they want to follow you on Instagram or Twitter or anything, how, how do they do that? If you oh, want them to. If not, oh, then say don't. Oh, it's Jasmine Olivia on okay. Instagram. All right. And as I always tell people, don't be weirdos. <laughs> Please don't. Don't be weirdos. <laughs> Nobody likes a weirdo. Thank you so much for coming on, Jazz. I really appreciate it. This Thank has been you. a blast. I've really, really, really enjoyed this. Um, I've enjoyed this conversation. I've enjoyed getting to know you. And um, I, like I told you, um, and I again, like I said, if there's ever anything I can do to help or support your work, then please don't hesitate to reach out because that's what we do here on Real Talk. And vice you. versa, please let me amplify any causes. Like I told you off cam, like I'm a megaphone for causes like that yeah. I'm passionate about. Yeah, and Zelnab Kasky oh, says, you. "Love you, Jasmine." <laughs> I love you so. too, Zany. <laughs> <laughs> so she she's here for it. And did I pronounce it correctly, Zaneb? Uh, uh, it's Zany. She has a funky name. <laughs> oh, Zany. Zany. All right, Zany. Well, thank you for watching, Zany. Hopefully, you watch again soon in the future. And with that being said, I am going to wrap this show. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody for watching this week. I'm not gonna turn my music on because. For some reason, my speakers are not, my, my sound is not working correctly on that one, so I'm using the live mic. So thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody for watching this week. Remember that Real Talk Rajan, it happens once a week. We have our local celebrity spotlight. We bring on great people like Miss Jasmine, who's doing great things with the Repeal the Heritage Act. Please go to the website, www.repealtheheritageact.org to find out more information and to sign the petitions. I see several people have said that they've actually signed a petition during the show. So that's great news. Thank um, you. If you'd like to find out more about my show, Real Talk with Rajan, please um, follow me on social media. I'm everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever people are on the internet. Um, also my website, www.realtalkrajan.com. Um, please follow, me, follow, follow and subscribe to my channel on YouTube. I do need more YouTube followers. So if you can help me loudspeaker that, that'd be great. Um, and uh, 
if you are looking for somebody to speak at your event or your um your your conference that you're having virtually, please reach out to me. I do that as well. I'd love to come out and support um your what you're doing. If you are doing something in the community that you would like a light shine on, please reach out to me on my uh, email address. That's uh, email. Oh, sorry. Go to my website www.realtalkrajan.com and you can fill out the link right there on the website. Um, I think that's all I got. So I I'll close by saying. God is everything, and without him, we are nothing. So never forget where your help comes from. And if a man doesn't stand for something, he is bound to fall for anything. Now, that is real talk. I will see y'all next Wednesday where my interview, my guest will be Grammy Award winning lead singer of the group Ranky Tanky with Kiana Q. Parlor. She's a singer. She was on American Idol, and now she's got a Grammy, and she's from the Chuck. So, She's coming on. I'm excited about talking to her. Um, and I want to see you all next week. So tune in for that. Um, hopefully my music will work. I'm gonna try I'm gonna try this because I like to have my music when I um do stuff. Give me one second. I'm gonna put that music back. Peace. Wrong one. <laughs> Thank you.